Bovakamadaf Kufyu Tet Amud Aleph, the conclusion to Bovakama, a philosophy of Mani, Kola Gozel et Chavero. We started this amazing Mesechta with the comment of Rav Yehuda from Daf Lamed, Kol Man Deboi Lemevi Chasido, any individual who wants to be a Chosid, who wants to be a, a person of very great stature, should learn Lekayim Milidinazikin, he should learn and fulfill all the ideas that are contained in this Mesechta. And I've tried in the Matmonim right through the Masechta to weave that theme even into the most technical of laws that we deal with in, in Bovekama to understand how do we get from that to the idea of becoming a chosid, becoming a, a great human being, a pious person. What is the connection between spiritual piety and these business laws uh, with which Bovekama is so full? And we conclude the Masechta with the same idea. In so doing, to understand that money is not just an instrument of finance. When we look at money, we've also got to look at, with the, at it with the eye of the artist and see the human side of money. When you see money, somebody's money, one has to see and feel the sweat and blood and tears that have been put into the earning of that money. Because that's what, what money is, the creation of wealth, an enormous amount of thought and effort and mysterious nefesh. People kill for money. People sacrifice enormous things for their businesses, for their money. They sacrifice family. They sacrifice time. They sacrifice their learning of Torah. They make enormous sacrifices for, for money. And God forbid, as we know, sometimes people even take their lives over, over money. It's something that occupies the mind and the heart and, and a person's being to such a degree. And the creation of wealth, whether one's created a million dollars or a billion dollars, every cent of that billion dollars has the sweat and blood and tears of the creator of that wealth in it. And when we're dealing with spiritual things and energy, you can't break it down and say, well, it's just a penny's worth of sweat and blood and tears. It doesn't work like that. Sweat and blood and tears, the, 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 the nefesh, benafsho we say on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, a person earns his living benafsho. He puts his life into his, into his money. So we've got to look at money also from a human perspective, see what's in it. And every cent that a person has earned, there is an investment of such energy, with, whether he's a poor person who's had to invest physical labor or he's a wealthy person who's invested mind and intellect. It doesn't matter. All of it is the result. The creation of wealth is the, is, is the result of investing everything that one has and everything that one is into the efforts to be able to, to generate that, that wealth. And our Gemara is a statement by Rabbi Yochanan that Therefore, if you steal even only a pruto worth, a cent, you steal from another person, you're taking something of his neshama away from him. Don't separate money and spirituality into two separate worlds and, and think that... Uh, you're busy with the one, you're not busy with the other, and vice versa. No, a person has put his neshama into his business. That's how you build a business. You don't build a business without putting your neshama into it. 
You don't create wealth. Yes, you can become an avid, you can become a worker, and even then you get up early, you work hard, you put your mind into it. But if one's, if one's creating wealth all the time, your mind is, is on it. You're strategizing, you're thinking, what does my customer need? How can I fulfill the, the needs of my customer, the changing trends of the industry? How do I respond to the tra changing trends of the, of the industry? All of that, you put your neshama into your business. And you've taken money, even if it's only a pruta from another person, you've taken some of his neshama. Rabbi Shol Salanta says in the Igeris Hamusu that the Torah lens is like a microscope or a telescope. You look at stars, they're just little stars in the sky, you can hardly notice them. Take a telescope, you realize you're looking at something that's, uh, that, that's massive, that each star is so much bigger than the sun, sun is so much bigger than the earth, we can't get our head around the size of one star. But you need a, a, a telescope to begin to understand that. Or you take a microscope and you look at little things. The Torah enlarges life. The Torah shows you what everything really is. Those little things that you tend not to notice, when you look at it through the lens of a Torah, they get magnified. That's what the Torah does. To realize a pruta is not just a little pruta like a star is just a little star in the sky. A pruta, a scent, is part of a person's neshama. And a person's neshama is infinite. There is, infinite, there is infinity in a scent. There is an infinity of human energy, thought, sweat, blood and tears in every scent a person has generated. And through the Torah's eyes we understand that greatness, that enormity of even a small unit of, of currency. And the Gemara goes through various different psukim from Mishle, from Yemiyo, from Yul, from Shul. I quote all the psukim at the top of the, of the source sheet showing how, how this is really so, ending with the posuk from Shmuel where there's a famine and David just turns to Hashem and says, what's going on? How do we end this famine? This is because Shmuel killed the Givonim. The Givonim were the people who uh, were, were um, sly in the way they got converted and they were cursed to be the water drawers and the wood choppers for the Beis Hamikdash. And when Shaul killed the city of Nov, of the Kohanim of Nov, he cut off the livelihood of these Givonim. And although he didn't do anything to the Givonim, he didn't touch the Givonim, Hashem treats it, Al Asher Himitet HaGivonim, and says the Gemara, Ela mitoch sheharag Nov ira Kohanim shayu maspikim leemaimu mazon. Nov, the city of Kohanim, used to supply water and food to the Givonim who used to chop the wood and draw the water. It's such an indirect thing that Shaul did, and the Torah regards Shaul as a murderer of the Givonim. And the Chofetz Chaim says there, you see how far Hashem goes in understanding cause and effect and looking, again, magnifying. that he goes, this, this very indirect action that resulted in a loss of income, in a direct loss of income. He didn't kill the Givonim. He didn't take money from the Givonim. He just cut off their line of income. He just cut off their revenue. Says the Chofetz Chaim, you see from there how the Rebunishim looks at indirect damage. We've been learning grammar and Garmi, are you Chayev, are you not Chayev? But what kind of a human being are you? Don't forget that when you learn Bovekama. Whether you have a claim in court or you don't have a claim in court is just a technicality. It says nothing about your righteousness. You may have no claim in court, but you can still be a Rosha. You're still a wicked person. 
you can have no claim in court as in the case of the Givonim. The Givonim had no claim on Shaul. Shaul didn't touch them. And yet Hashem sees Shaul as a murderer of the Givonim, although he very indirectly simply interfered with their source of revenue. And that's seen as an act of murder, says the Chofetz Chaim. Do you see how Hashem sees the world? Do you see how Hashem looks at human action and human motivation? The details, how careful and machmir one has to be, how meticulous one has to be in laws of business. And the Chofetz Chaim says, if it's that in the negative, we know that Hashem is even more so generous with good than he is meticulous with bad. So if Hashem regards every little negative thing that we did in the most indirect of ways and he magnifies it how much more so with the good things that we do if through an action we've assisted a person to earn a living we've helped a person's revenue stream we've given somebody some advice that has made it easier for him to function we've encouraged somebody all these things that we might think are very small Hashem regards as as, as very big says the Chofetz Chaim but the big issue that troubled me all of last night and, and all of this morning is you steal a pruta from somebody, you steal a cent, it's as if you've taken his life. Is that only a very poor person? It doesn't seem so. It doesn't say if you steal a cent from a poor person, it's as if you've taken his life. It seems to say from anybody. If you steal a cent from Bill Gates, it's as if you've taken his life. Is Bill Gates going to notice the cent's gone? It's going to make a difference in his life? What does Rabbi Yochanan mean? That troubled me literally all night. I couldn't sleep at night because of that. What, what does Rabbi Yochanan mean? And the Maharal has an approach which didn't satisfy me. And the Giloy and Ashas Rabbi Akiva Eger, in a note on his Gemara in the Giloy and Ashas, refers to a Tosvis in Bova Metzia, which we'll get to in some weeks' time. And that makes it even worse in, in a sense. The Gemara there in Bova Metzia is also Rabbi Yochanan, in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Gadol onat dvarim meonat mamon. If you oppress a person verbally, it's worse than stealing his money. Because on verbal oppression it says, and you shall fear God. By economic oppression it doesn't say that. For Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Elazar says, When you oppress somebody verbally, you're oppressing his body. When you oppress somebody with money, it's, it's, just, it's just money. Asks Tosfus there in, Bo, in Bova Metzia. And that's what Rabbi Kivegi refers us to. But our Gomorrah here in Bova Kama says, even if you take money from a person, you're taking his neshama away. How can Rabbi Eloza say, oh, this is just money. If you oppress somebody with words, you're oppressing him physically. If you oppress him with money, you're just taking a money. It's extraneous to him, whereas oppressing his body, oppressing his being, oppressing his identity, that, that's intrinsic to who he is, that's more serious. Asks Tosfus, but here we see that even taking money from somebody is ke'ilu notel nishmato. Says Tosfus, yeah, but there are some people who are wealthy, and, and it's not so serious if you take a bit of money from them. And that's the kind of onat mamon that Rabbi Yochanan is talking about in, uh, in Bava Metziah. And this also, this just added to my, to my concern during the night. Rabbi Akiva Eger didn't make it easier. And usually when Rabbi Akiva Eger references another Gomorrah, it's because he has a difficulty. And I'm wondering whether his difficulty is, is, is the same difficulty. It's all very well. Tosfus resolves the Gomorrah in Bova Metzia. What, what, is, what is Rabbi Eloza saying? Zeba Gufo, Zeba Mamano. We've got a problem with Bova Kama. So he answers it in such a way that now Bova Metzia makes good sense. But says, and Rabbi Kivega doesn't comment there in Bova Metzia. Rabbi Kivega comments here, implying, yes, but it doesn't make sense in our Gomorrah. 
very well, Tosfos, you've explained away the problem in Bova Metziah. But when you're learning Bova Kama, it doesn't make sense because we're not talking about a poor person only. We're talking about a wealthy person too. So the question comes back to me, why then would it be so serious to take a cent away from Bill Gates, from a billionaire? Why would that be so serious? Kilu notenet nishmato, so you're taking a piece of his neshama. Yes, I understand, Bill Gates put his life and his heart and everything into the generation of his wealth, and this is one little piece out of that wealth, and, and a little piece has still got a part of the neshama. So we can understand it uh, mathematically, but it doesn't help us really understand it intuitively and emotionally. The approach to understanding this piece of Gemara of Rabbi Yechanan came to me in a little tiny note written by the great-grandfather of President Herzog. If anybody has access to President Herzog, they should send him the shir. Because I don't know if he knows how great his great-grandfather was. I know that he knows how great his grandfather was, mm -hmm. Chief Rabbi of Eretz Yisrael, Rav Herzog. But his great-grandfather was, was also a very great Talmud Chochem. He was, he was Rabbi Yoel Leib Halevi Herzog. And all he says is, check out the Gemara in Chulin Daftzadi Aleph Amud Aleph. That's all he says. What's in the Gemara in Chulin Daftzadi Aleph? Imagine we've got a president in Israel whose great-grandfather wrote a note on this piece of Gemara that opens up the sugya. So it's Israel. That's where we are. That's where we live in. And these people, as I said in the video clip, around the world judging Israel as to who we are and what our stature is and genocide and everything else that, that comes with it. Look who we are. What's in Chulim Datsadi Aleph? Chulim Datsadi Aleph. Omer Rabbi Eloza. Rabbi Eloza explains why Yaakov went back for the little odds and ends that he left on the other side of the river and he met Sarashil. Esav, you know this, Gemara Rashi brings it. Mikan letzadikim shechaviv alehem mamonam yoter migufam. Tzaddikim value their money more than their bodies. Here you see there's a philosophy of money. Rabbi Elazar understands that money is not just money. There's something spiritual in money. Your body is just a body. But money is your neshama. You don't let that go. People give, take their lives and take the lives of others and, and give their lives for money. It's, there's neshama in it, says Rabbi Elozer. And, and Sadiqim is not talking about secular businessmen. He's not talking about Bill Gates here. He's talking about the Chofetz Chaim. Sadiqim value their money more than their bodies. So he risked, he took a physical risk to go back and get that money. Who's Rabbi Elozer? Rabbi Elozer is a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. This is not Rabbi Elozer the Tana. This is Rabbi Elozer the Amoira, a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. Who's Rabbi Yochanan? Rabbi Yochanan is the one who said in Bova Metziah, but he, Rabbi Yochanan is also the person who says in our Gemara, Our Gemara is Rabbi Yochanan. So there's a school of thought, there's a, there's a philosophy of money that we're seeing over here. And that goes back to a Yerushalmi in Trumas, where Rabbi Yochanan said, I've, I was robbed by the people of Kanya. And he comes to the base of Medrash and Resh Lokish asks him a question and, and he doesn't answer. And Resh Lokish says, what's on your mind? What's going on? And he says, I was, I, I was robbed. And Resh Lokish says, get over it. It's only money. And Rabbi Yochanan says, listen to what Rabbi Yochanan's answer is. And in this, you have the whole philosophy of Rabbi Yochanan. Kol ha'ivarim tuluyim belev. All of a person's body, every part of the body, 
is linked to the heart. Vahalev talui bekis, and the heart is linked to the wallet. This is not a banker talking. This is not an entrepreneur talking. This is Rabbi Yochanan. And we see that in the Chavis Havovis at the beginning of Shara, in the Hagdom of Shara Bitachon, where he talks about a Chosid who prays to Hashem, may I not have a, a scattered mind. And they say to him, what does a scattered mind mean? He says, if I have businesses scattered all over the world, that gives me a scattered, then my mind is all over the world. Come and get over it. Your business is your business. When you're sitting and you're learning Gomorrah, your mind's on the Gomorrah. It's not possible because as Rabbi Yochanan says, the heart goes after the wallet. You invest so much in the creation of wealth, creation of wealth, you're a shutaf with the Rebbeinu Shalom. You're creating. That's what wealth is. You create wealth. You're doing something divine. You're a partner with Hashem in the act of creation. You're building businesses. You're building value. You're creating employment. That's what a businessman is doing. Halev toli bekis. The heart is connected to the, to the wallet, says Rabbi Yochanan. That's what we invest so much effort in. So now we understand Rabbi Yochanan saying that the heart invested in the wallet, be careful with a person's money. And understand, if somebody gives you some money, if somebody spends money on you, they, he entertains you on a Friday night, or he gives you a gift, understand what he's giving you. He's taking money out of his pocket and investing it in you, and that money is his neshama he's investing in you. And if a person gives tzedakah, and when you give tzedakah, give it realizing you're not just dropping a penny into the can, you're taking from your neshama, and you're giving from your neshama to the neshama of the poor person. Look him in the face and greet him and allow that flow of energy. The money is just a channel through which you're passing from yours to theirs. A child from a parent, a parent from a child. When money passes hands, there's energy, there's spiritual energy, there's neshama that's passing from one person to another. Be aware of that. That's Rabbi Yochanan's philosophy of money. Money is not just money. Money is neshama. And if one takes another person's money, that's Rabbi Yochanan here, and it's, it's Rabbi Lozer in, in Bova Metzia. And it's, it's Rabbi Loza in Bova Metzia explaining his Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan, also there in Bova Metzia. And it's Rabbi Yochanan, it's Rabbi Lozer in, in Chulin. And it's Rabbi Yochanan in the Yerushalmi. It's a, right through Shas. That's Rabbi Yochanan's view of currency, of money, of, of how it is and what it is. And that's why, as we said in our Shir Psiche, in the opening Shir of Bova Kama, what did Rabbi Yehuda say? Hayman deboyim mevi chasido. If you want to live as a chosid, lekayim mili denazikin, know the laws of money, because in money there is neshoma, in money there is spirituality. Be careful with money. Understand money. Understand the justice, not only the technical rights and obligations in business, but the spiritual rights and obligations. And be careful how you acquit yourself, how you live with your money, how you use your money, how you appreciate your money and the money of everybody else.